My name is Paul Millard, for anyone who doesn't know me, I think most people probably do. Uh, so I lead worship here sometimes, and I'm also on call team. Um, and I'm about to speak to you now, and I did spoke about six weeks ago, and I've been allowed to speak again, so I guess it was all right. So that's good. Uh, so what we're going to do first, I'm going to actually ask you to stand up, if that's all right. Basically, I did a bit of an epic fail, and I forgot to organise a reader. And then when I was chatting to Miriam about organising a reader, said, oh, my wife will read for us, that's fine. And then my wife, unfortunately, is ill. So sadly, she can't be with us. That's not much of an art. Come on. Oh, that's more like it. But I thought we could have a bit of fun and uh, we can read together. So, Rob, if you put the reading up. Okay, so what we're going to do, I'm going to be the narrator. Girls, now you all know whether you're girls or boys, don't you? That's fine, good. Um, girls, you are going to be God. So when God's saying something, you can speak up. Boys, you can be Jacob. We all know what we're doing. Girls, what are you? Boys, what are you? Well done. I'm the narrator. Let's go. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with his top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is not another than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured all on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. <laughs> well done. Thank you very much. Grace, come together. Oh, sorry. Then I asked, sorry. Then Jacob made a vow saying... <laughs> tell you a little story, little helpers. Little helpers, are you ready? Once upon a time, there was a small child who had a bear called Brownie. There you go. Come there, come there with Brownie, so everyone can see Brownie. Come here. This small child was lovely. Very lovely, in fact. But that small child had an evil, nasty sister. <laughs> who one day came and took Brownie away? 
This is based on a true story, do you know? I was that little sister, but I was a little brother. And when I was a baby, my sister stole that very same teddy bear from me. Isn't that awful? She was here for my last talk. She's not here for this one. So we can't slander her at the end. Anyway, let's talk about Jacob instead. So we've just been learning about um, Jacob's ladder. So it's taken from Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22. If you want to turn to that in your Bibles, um, that would be great. But don't feel you have to. First one there can shout out the page number, if they want. 20. Thank you. So Genesis 28, 10 to 22. First of all, we'll just look quickly at who Jacob is, or who Jacob was. And I just need to do that, don't I? Now I forgot I've got this clicker. So who is Jacob? So Jacob was one of a set of male twins who was born to Isaac. Now Isaac, we learned about last week, uh, when Josh spoke to us, Abraham took Isaac to be sacrificed and then God saved him just in the nick of time. So Jacob's brother was called Esau, and he was the first to be born of the twins. And this meant he had the default right to receive his father Isaac's blessing. Now this was really significant as Isaac was the son of Abraham, again like we heard last week, and Abraham had been promised many things by God. So Isaac's blessing to Jacob was that his line would expand in the earth and that he would receive the promises given to Abraham, his grandfather. And some of those promises were things like, I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, you shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you, I will curse them that curse you. And you will bless all families of the earth through you. So it was pretty important, this blessing that Isaac was giving. So let's look at why, why Jacob was where he was when he had the dream. Well, remember my sad story about Brownie. Basically, he was a thief on the run. Jacob had stolen the firstborn's blessing from his brother Esau. He had tricked Isaac, his own father, in his old age. What he had done, he prepared Isaac a meal as Esau would have done. He wore Esau's clothes and then he put goat skin over his own flesh so he'd appear more hairy. And then he went in and, and he received the blessing. It was due to Esau. Jacob received that blessing from Isaac instead. So after this deed was done, understandably Esau was a little bit miffed. So he planned to kill Jacob. That's the way to handle sibling rivalry, isn't it? Let's go and kill people. I'm not going to kill my sister, by the way, just in case anyone's worried. Um, so Rebecca, who was, who was their mother, had discovered that Esau was on the warpath and wanted to kill his brother. So she had told Jacob to flee to his uncle Laban. And that is how we get to where he had his dream. So let's just look at the dream. These are two lovely pictures, courtesy of Google. Thank you, Google. Two examples. So some people say this ladder that, that Jacob saw was like a stairway on the left-hand side, or maybe it was just a ladder, or maybe it was some virtual highway. I was quite sure because we weren't there. So if I use stairway or ladder interchangeably, you still know what I'm talking about. So Jacob basically had been running away. It was getting to the end of the day. The sun was setting and he must have felt that he'd gone far enough away so he could be sufficiently hidden to stop for the night. He was a shepherd by trade, so he was probably quite comfortable being outside and sleeping out there. So he tucked himself up and put his head down on a lovely, fluffy, comfy rock. That was all Dave do earlier. Thank you, Dave, for doing that. He would have thought a bush or a few leaves would have been better, but no, he chose a rock. And he settled down for the night on this rock. 
And what a night he would have. Because he had a dream. He saw this stairway or the ladder between heaven and earth with angels going up and down it. In verse 13, we're told that God was on the top of the stairway. Now, some versions of the Bible say rather than on top, God was actually came next to him and talked to him. So let's pretend God came next to him and talked to him because I like that. I like the idea of God being next to me. I think that's amazing. So God comes next to him and talks to him. And he said that he is the same God of Abraham and Isaac, his grandpa and dad. Then God goes on to tell him that the land he is sleeping on will be given to him and his descendants. And that these descendants were spread out through the whole world and they would bless all the peoples. And then finally, God says, yeah, I'll also be with you wherever you go. And I will not leave you till I've done all I have promised. Now I have to say this even though my wife will, will mock me, but boom, as Miru would say. <laughs> okay, we're just going to have a quick table talk. One quick thing from my childhood. I had, I like to call it a recurring dream, but I think it was just a strange dream that I had once. Those of you who are older amongst us will probably remember the Monster Munch Monsters. And I had this dream once that the Monster Munch Monsters were chasing me into this dry swamp. These are the monsters up there. And then one of them took their heads off. And there was a man underneath, and that man was Keith Chegwin. <laughs> so in groups of two or three, why don't you quickly describe a strange, quirky, wacky, or even a spiritual dream that you may have had. Just take a minute or two. Out of interest, did anyone hear any really, really freaky ones? Or... No, nothing major freaky. Mine was the freakiest. <laughs> it's funny, I don't really dream very often now, so maybe that's why it's the only one I really remember. Anyway, let's look at how do you think Jacob felt after having this dream? Well, I think he probably felt quite overwhelmed, really, quite amazed and quite relieved, I think. Because remember, he, he'd been a bad boy. He was on the run from his brother who wanted to kill him. Yet God met him right where he was, head on a rock. And God reassured him that he would watch over him wherever he would go. And the blessing that he had received from Isaac was going to be realised through him. His descendants had spread to the far corners of the earth. Prior to this, he might have been thinking, oh gosh, my brother Esau's after me. I might not have a chance to get a wife or certainly not to have children or grandchildren. So the thought of having his descendants spread across the whole earth must have been amazing. Most importantly, I think because of this, he would have felt hope. Like he'd been given a new start. This series is called Beginnings. That's what we've been looking at in Genesis. And this was a new beginning for him. And with this new beginning, Jacob was changed. He pledged his life to God. He pledged to give him a tenth of all he was given. So as God, as he encountered God, God transformed him. And what I find amazing is that God revealed himself to this cunning, underhand, blessing-stealing, birthright-poaching, scaredy-cat shepherd boy. And this is hard to understand, but I think Jacob, probably through his mum, just saw the importance of receiving his father's blessing, whereas Esau didn't really seem that bothered. Remember, Esau had sold his birthright. His birthright was the thing that enabled him to get this blessing, and he'd sold it for a meal. Just picture the scene, okay? So you've got Esau coming back tired from a day hunting, because Esau was a hunter. He walks in and says, Blimey, I'm peckish. Have you got any grub, Jay? Well, Esau, Jacob replied, I don't have KFC. 
But I do have a cheeky bit of stew for you. If you give me your birthright. Uh, yeah, okay. That's the sort of guy Esau was, and maybe that's why God wanted Jacob and not Esau to be taken on these promises. I guess we, we won't know that until heaven fully. But what does it mean for us? This ladder, this hope for Jacob, I think it also means hope for us. Because this ladder, this stairway to heaven, is Jesus. I think it's a bridge between God in heaven and us on earth. So Jesus, by being this bridge, is enabling us to have a relationship with the Father. Jesus' death enabled us to have daily access to God. So how do we know this? First of all, Jesus tells us. If you look in the the book of John, in chapter 1, verse 51, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now Jesus was an excellent teacher of the Old Testament. And he knew what he was saying. And he knew that by saying this, he would remind people about this dream that Jacob had had. And it would show a very different, a very provocative interpretation for the Jewish people. And he called himself the Son of Man. So he knew he was talking about himself. And he knew that he was the way as well. Remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He knew that he was the way. So he was telling us that he was that ladder. Secondly, Jesus was both God and man. And he was perfectly God and perfectly man. And therefore he can bridge the gap between heaven and earth. Because it needed someone who was God to touch the heaven. That part of the ladder. And it needed someone that was man. Someone who dwelled on earth to touch the earth. That end of the ladder. And Jesus had done that. Obviously Jesus had come from heaven, been with God, and he dwelled on earth with us. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus has seen it. He's experienced what we've experienced. He's experienced friendship, grief, love and temptation. But he did not sin. And that's what allows him to be that bridge between heaven and earth. Also, we think about the Old Testament. It's it's always a signpost to the New Testament. It's a signpost to to the new things to come through Jesus. So through what happened with with the Jewish people being disobedient to God, and through the prophets speaking about the Saviour to come, this ladder representing Jesus Though poignant to Jacob at the time, was also demonstrating that Jesus was going to come to save us. And for those of us who believe in Jesus, we can have access to heaven. I also think there's something significant about place. Jacob was at a certain place when he had this dream. God could have chosen to met with Jacob anywhere. So why here? I've looked a lot on Google about this, trying to research about the area that that Jacob was when this happened. And there's lots of different opinions, but I'm going to tell you the opinion, the sort of consensus I've come to. It's thought that Jacob was on Mount Moriah. I can't help thinking of Moriah Carey when I was was reading through the heaven and started singing a Moriah Carey song, I think. Sorry, this is because, this is because, and I'm very intelligent now. 
In the original Hebrew text, okay, you're listening, the letter used for where it says that, that Jacob had reached a certain place, it was probably actually meant to read, reached the place, as in it was a place that was recognised by God. And this is the same terminology that was used when we looked at Abraham taking Isaac to be sacrificed as well in Genesis 22. Again, it said, the place. God said, you will recognise the place. And that's why we think it is the same place on Mount Moriah. So with this knowledge, we can see that Mount Moriah was both the place of Jacob's dream, the place where Abraham nearly killed Isaac, but it's also thought and if you look around the subject, again on the internet, which is a wonderful tool, could have been the place where Solomon's, the first temple of the Jewish people was built by Solomon. It also could have been very close to the place where Jesus was crucified. And it's very fascinating when you read into all this. And also, it could have been the place where the Holy Spirit first met the disciples as well, because they were near the temple. Now, I'm not saying this is 100% perfect, I would say, let's assume that, because there's lots of arguments about it from what I can read. And if this is true, it makes this place an incredibly special place, a very significant place to God. And when Jacob woke up in this dream, he was convinced that this place was holy. He said in verse 16, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. And he took the rock, or his pillow, and set it up as an altar to God in that place and called it Bethel, the house of the Lord. So what? Let's assume that this dream was showing us that Jesus did make a way for us. That through his death we can access the very heart of God. This is amazing. It shows that God wants to engage with us, to help us, to relate with us. And allow his holy helpers to do that too. These are his angels. Do you see these? My daughter's dreamers. Thank you, girls. Because in the picture, on the vision, remember, we have the angels going up and down. And it's thought that those angels are there to help us. If we look in Wikipedia, a definition of angels, they're often depicted as benevolent celestial beings who act as intermediaries between heaven and earth. Other roles of angels include protecting and guiding human beings and carrying out God's tasks. Sounds a bit like a job description, doesn't it? So God says Jacob will inherit the land and that God will go with him and watch over him and his angels will help with this. And through Jesus we have this same promise too that he will be with us always. And that means that his angels will come to us and be messengers between us and God through Jesus. Taking to God our prayers and our worship up the ladder and bringing back down the ladder our answers and provision from God. And this is wherever we go. But going back to the place, does this mean this ladder, the Hebrew Jesus, only exists in one place?